Say a good morning. Love to see who's watching. Good morning, Miss Carolyn Hardy. We'll be starting here in about two minutes. Want to make sure everyone has time to jump on.
Good morning, Miss Amy Snyder. Miss Billy, it's good to see you. Jasper says hello as well. He is enjoying the snow, that's for sure. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you here. Amen. Redeem. That's a good song, isn't it? That's the uh, the Powell family on YouTube. You can look them up. They're a good family. I enjoy their music for sure. But uh, we have nine people watching. That's amazing. I only see three people commenting. So if you are watching, uh, feel free to jump on the comments. Let me know you're here. And um, ten. Wow, this is a big crowd today. Uh, so praise the Lord for that. Uh, beautiful snow outside. I, I hope you can see the back. I'm not sure if you can see the snow falling, uh, but it sure is awesome, and I'm uh, grateful for it. I think I'm the only person uh, in Virginia to be praying for the snow, uh, but uh, please don't get too mad at me that God answers my prayer. Uh, good morning, Mom. It's good to see you as well. Miss Mary Villa Gomez, good to see you too. Uh, once again, if anyone else is on here, uh, hit the like or whatever, share the video, um, comment, let me know you're here. Uh, Sarek Sapola, man, love you, man. Man, I love you too, Sarek. It's been a long time. He's still in the, the Marines or the Army, wherever you're going. Uh, let me know what's going on, man. Hit me up on the, on the, on the message machine that you have there. And, uh, love to talk to you, man. It's been a long time. But, uh, yeah, once again, good to see ya. Um, Thank you once again, by the way, for all the, the text messages and the phone calls for the last few uh, uh, days. Uh, we really appreciate the support and the encouragement and the prayers. Uh, could not make it without the prayers, and we appreciate that. Um, as of right now, uh, just for those who don't know, who are unaware, why we are having uh, a live stream at my house rather than at the church uh, is because I, uh, I have tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, but I do feel really good. And uh, so God's definitely been um, very gracious to me, very gracious to my wife. And uh, 2020 has been a phenomenal year, I believe. God has done so many good things. And this is actually the first service that we haven't been in the church building. Um, so that 
is just incredible already there. So um, praise God for that. But we are feeling pretty good. And so Lord willing, um, we will get back in the church as soon as we possibly can. Uh, we're not going to rush anything. Uh, everyone's health is our priority right now. And uh, even though I do feel good, I know someone else could be struggling with it. Um, it's good to see Brother Harold. Brother Harold and Miss Esther, I'm sure Miss Esther's watching it with you. And so we are here. It's good to see you, Brother Eddie Glaze. Love the snow. Yes, sir. And it's good to see you here, Brother Eddie. Miss Christy Clatterbuck, good to see you as well. Miss Pam Jones, good morning to you. Uh, Miss Christy says, I was praying for you for the, uh, and for the snow. Amen. There you go, pray for the snow. We have about seven inches in cold pepper. Man. I don't, know, I don't know how many inches we have out here. Uh, I'm looking at our uh, porch right now and uh, trying to measure it. It looks like maybe four, five inches. And so we're catching up to cold pepper for sure. And so it uh, feels a little, bit, a little bit like Canada, a little bit like Christmas. And so that's always nice. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so uh, praise God, we're feeling okay. We're feeling good. And uh, so we'll just be doing live streams for now. Uh, it looks like that's just what's going to happen for at least this Sunday. Um, we'll see what happens next Sunday. We'll keep you posted. Um, but regarding the future church plans, Brother Joe Cronin, good to see you. And uh, no, brother, thank you for taking care of us. We appreciate you, Brother Joe, and Miss Cindy, of course. Um, but for future plans of the, of the, the, the programs of our church, um, we are going to postpone everything, basically. Um, the Secret Sister Party was already postponed from last Saturday. Uh, we will let you know when it will be rescheduled. The couple's dinner uh, was supposed to be for February 12th, and that will probably be postponed. Um, I don't want to postpone it out of February, so we're hoping to have a couple's dinner still in February this year. And uh, maybe the 19th, maybe the 26th. We want it to be a Friday night, uh, but we will let you know, and uh, we'll definitely keep you posted so um, if you are a member of the church and you do have an email um, for the church we will let you know what is going on our outreach programs as well will be postponed for now there'll be no outreach this Saturday for sure and uh, Lord willing will try and jump back in it in the uh, next couple of weeks and uh, at this time uh, we have 14 people watching that is awesome uh, thank you for tuning in and thank you for hearing me preach, you know. I was thinking, uh, doing live streams, you know, when no one's physically at church, but just doing a live stream. There are so many other preachers you can listen to. There's so many other churches and pastors you can hear. And I'm just grateful that you have chosen to be on our live stream. And so thank you for that. And uh, I sure hope uh, it'll be a blessing to you this morning. If you have any prayer requests, uh, I know that we have 12 people watching. If you have any prayer requests, I would love for you to just post your prayer requests uh, on the commenting um, system here on the live stream. You can comment your prayer request. You can email your prayer request to the church. You can text me if you have my number. I'm not going to say my number out loud on Facebook because I don't want everyone on my Facebook list to have my number. Um, that's just the reality of it. But if you have my number, um, that means we are close and we are friends. Um, and if you don't have my number, ask me for my number and I will get back to you if you are my friend. <laughs> um, but uh, if you do have my number, shoot me a text for a prayer request. Uh, email the church. Um, at tbcmanassas at gmail.com that's the email address to email your prayer requests to uh, or just comment your prayer request here Brother Eddie thank you for, ever, for everyone's prayers and giving and uh, yes absolutely we're still praying for you Brother Eddie 
and Miss Linda. They are also uh, sick under the weather right now, and so continue to pray for them. And maybe Brother Eddie will give us an update how he's feeling um, through the obvious comments so we can know what exactly to pray for. How is Linda doing and how is he doing and all that good stuff. So amen. So um, <clears throat> not going to be a, a, a typical uh, morning service. Obviously, I'm not going to sing for you. Uh, so if you want to sing at home, go ahead. Um, I'm kind of curious to see if everyone's you know, watching this in the family, um, in your pajamas, or you're wearing church clothes. That's, that's a good thing to think about. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, but anyways, um, we'll be doing this for a little bit. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of our live stream. And uh, we appreciate that. Hoping today will be a blessing. Uh, Miss Billy says she is doing well. Doctor says I need a pacemaker. Okay, we'll be praying for Miss Billy. And uh, keep us posted for sure um, of your health needs. And we will pray as a church family. And um, that's what we love to do. We are prayer warriors at Tabernacle Baptist Church and uh, definitely want to keep all of our people in prayer. And um, how's everyone doing in the snow? I'm curious, is anyone going to be going out today or tomorrow? Um, I think the snow is going to be going down for on two days, maybe three days. And later on in the week, it says a little bit of rain, so that can make a little bit of a mess outside. Um, but uh, yeah, it looks beautiful. And I don't plan on going anywhere, obviously. Um, but the snow is out. It looks beautiful. And uh, enjoy the snow. Make a snowman today. Have a snowball fight. Uh, have a good time in the snow. It's, it's a rare thing, I think, to have um, snow in Virginia. So enjoy it. Amen. <clears throat> well, I don't really have any more announcements or anything. So um, I'm just blabbing away and seeing if people are going to comment. And I think that's as best we're going to get today. So. Um, just say amen throughout the comment section if you like the preaching. If you don't like the preaching, say amen anyways. And uh, that's always encouraged. <laughs> amen. Well, um, if you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to be turning to the book of 2 Timothy together. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter number 4. 2 Timothy chapter number 4, verses 1 through 4. I have no taste, by the way. That's one of the, the things that COVID has done for me. Uh, I have no taste, but I still drink my coffee. Um, that, I think, obviously shows that I have a problem. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I can imagine how good it tastes. But, nice warm coffee. It's always good. Um, but anyways, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. It says, I charge thee therefore before God... And the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For this time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and it and shall be turned unto fables. And uh, we're going to pray this morning real quick, and uh, we'll kind of just jump into this little Bible study this morning. And um, so let's pray. 
Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for all that you do for us, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity once again to just preach your word. And I thank you for the our church family, Lord. And I pray that you will keep them safe during this time, Lord, as they uh, maybe travel to work tomorrow or whatever it may be. And Lord, as they travel in the snow, keep them safe. Lord, keep everyone healthy and uh, without sickness as well, Lord. I pray that you continue to bless this church as we go forward for your honor and for your glory. Lord, we love you so very much. And we want to give you the glory and the honor and the praise for all that's accomplished, Lord. I pray that you'll give me uh, clarity of thought, Lord, of uh, what to say and what to preach, Lord. And fill me with your power, Lord, as we uh, discuss um, the charge that Paul is giving to us, Lord, through uh, this passage which we read uh, this morning, Lord. And we love you once again. Thank you for all that you do for us, God. Good name pray. Amen. Now, first off, isn't God good? Uh, what a blessing. And, um, <clears throat> 2020 to me has just been a phenomenal year. Uh, I, I look back and just full of gratitude uh, to what God has done for us. Uh, I don't know many churches who didn't close one time uh, during the pandemic. And um, yeah, we, we, we altered our services. We adjusted some things. We did uh, evenings and midweek services uh, strictly on YouTube and online. Um, but Sunday morning we were always open. Not the entire time. This is the first Sunday morning where we're uh, not in the building. But man, it's just been a blessing how God's taken care of us, how God has blessed us, kept us safe. And even though right now we are sick, um, we feel great, and God is still so good. And uh, I, I, I'm so grateful for the Lord and all of His blessings uh, upon our lives and for this church. And I do pray that God will continue to bless this church. And I do pray. Um, as God blesses, as he sees fit to give and to bless um, us as we serve him. Uh, but as we read 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, <clears throat> I want to notice uh, the charge that Timothy, or that, sorry, that Paul is giving to Timothy. Paul is giving to uh, the disciples, the apostles, uh, the, the Christians, those who love the Lord. And he's given them uh, uh, a military order, if I can say that. A charge is a military command. It, it, it shows urgency. It shows passion. It shows, um, you know, not an option. Just go and preach the word of God. And um, but, but I want to kind of talk a little bit about the old past and uh, how the old past have been, first of all, uh, defined incorrectly. We look at the old past as 100 years ago. That's not the old past. The old past is the path that Jesus walked. That's the path that I want to walk. I want to be like Christ, and I want to obey Christ. I want to do what the Bible says, not what Baptist tradition says, not what cultural tradition would say, not even what family tradition says. What does the Bible say? We base off, we base our Christianity so often off of tradition, off of what everyone else is doing, and that, I want to say this morning, is an incorrect way of living. We have the Word of God. We have the old path. We have the way that Christ has made for us to live, and uh, I'm not saying that there's many traditions that are bad. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying uh, some Baptist ways are bad. No, many of them are very good. We are a Baptist church for a reason, and um <clears throat> But I want to take the old path. I want to take the path that Jesus has put out for us. Um, I want to see here what Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16 says. It says, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old path, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. 
but they said, we will not walk therein. Like Jeremiah is saying here, and Jeremiah, by the way, is in the Old Testament. So we've seen old past in the Old Testament. That's a long time ago, okay? That's even before Christ. And uh, But the old past are the good way. The new past is a whole bunch of, it, it's a big mess. It's a big cluster of false doctrines. It's a big cluster of errors in teaching. And the new past teach a new Jesus. The new past teach a new gospel. The new past teach new Bible. The new past... They, 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 they go away from the Word of God. They go away from the conviction of the Holy uh, Scriptures of the Word of God. And they, they, they turn and they're, like Paul says uh, in verse 3, they have they heap themselves teachers having itching ears, and they turn away their ears from the truth. That is the new path. The new path is turning their ears away from the truth. Why would they turn their ears away from the truth? very simple is because the truth hurts the truth is very hard to take the truth is very hard to uh digest it's very hard to uh apply in your life my wife and i were having a conversation just last night and um it was a conversation with a hard and heavy dose of truth whether i wanted to admit it at the time or not it was a hard or a heavy dose of the truth and at the, at the time of hearing it, I wasn't pleased. I wasn't happy. I wasn't uh, so enjoyed uh, by hearing the truth because the truth is contradictory to the way I'm living. The truth uh, interrupts my life. The truth uh, um, in, uh, compels me to change, uh, order me to change something in my life that is incorrect. And that's what the truth will do. And so that's why many people don't want to hear the truth. Many people would rather have someone to itch their ears, would have someone to tell them everything's okay, would someone to tell them that, hey, the Lord will accept you with all your sin and everything. Just, 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 just come as you are and leave as you were. Don't worry about change. Don't worry about saying no to your lust. Don't worry about saying no to your flesh. Don't worry about uh, uh, having a life uh, dedicated to Christ. Don't worry about denying yourself. Just live the way you want to live and you will be absolutely Okay, that is the new way. Those are the new paths. That is the new church uh, and uh, what we would call the emerging church. And um, <clears throat> when we talk about the emerging church and we talk about these churches coming out and they're, they're, they're massive and prosperity preachers left and right and they're not teaching the right Jesus, they're not teaching the right Bible, they're not teaching the right doctrines, they're not teaching the right gospel. Everything is a feel-good thing. And um, we, all, we wonder, you know, like Paul's days when Jesus Christ came, was buried and died and rose again and then ascended up to heaven and said, I'm coming back. You notice that um, there's a lot of persecution. There's a lot of preachers preaching the word of God being persecuted. Okay. Uh, today, day and age, I believe we are worse than Paul's day and age. But where's the persecution? It's not as much as it was back then. Well, because we're preaching the, the American Jesus. We're preaching something that is not found in Scripture. We're preaching something to uh, keep people warm and keep people uh, fuzzy inside and having, having everyone feel okay about themselves and okay about their sin. But that's not what we are. We are ought to do. I noticed uh, I preached this a couple weeks ago, and um, in Second uh, Corinthians chapter eleven, it says, um, "Would to God ye could sorry, um, would to God ye could 
bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if he receive another spirit, which we ha uh, have not received, or another gospel, which we have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. Once again, Paul <clears throat> is preaching excuse me, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, the church of Corinth. And he's saying, I'm jealous, first of all, with the godly jealousy. I'm jealous because your hearts are turned away from the God of salvation, the God of the Bible, and your heart is on a, a, a false God, another type of Jesus. They're coming to preach another Jesus, a Jesus who was never persecuted, a Jesus who didn't die on the cross, a Jesus who didn't rise from the dead, a Jesus who can't save your soul from a burning hell. That is what they are preaching. That is what we are hearing so often in our society today. <clears throat> Excuse me. Of another Jesus being preached. Of another gospel being produced and being promoted and being proclaimed. Many times, uh, as, a, as a young man growing up in a soul-winning Baptist church, I would go door-to-door -door knocking, and we would talk to some people and tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. And many people would say, oh, I'm saved. I, I, I've accepted Jesus, Jesus into my heart. I, I know Jesus as my Savior. And then you look at their life, and they make this profession, they make this claim. But the life that they're living is of the devil, the life they're living is uh, indulgent in sin and they're enjoying it and they're feeding the flesh and there's no change there's no saying no to this there's no uh denying myself there's no taking up their cross and following the lord jesus christ it's it's all about me it's all about what i want and jesus and jesus christ just pays my way to heaven just punches my ticket into heaven that's not the gospel and that's not what jesus christ can do for us and has done for us. He transforms you and he changes you. And if we have received the Jesus of the Bible, the God of uh, Isaac and Jacob and Abraham, and we receive this Bible and this truth and the old path, which is the right path, we receive this, it will change our life. It will transform us from the inside out. Uh, there's so many examples. You look through the scripture. So many examples of uh, someone who was living a way that was wicked and of this disgusting life to meeting Jesus and the life is transformed. Obviously, uh, Paul is probably um, one of the best examples when it comes to that and um, just a changed life. And that's what Christ can do for each and every one of us. Now, I want to notice here real quickly um, the charge to God's men, a charge to God's men. What Paul is saying here, back in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1, he says, I charge thee therefore before God. Once again, a charge is a military command. It's an order. It's, it's an order with no option. Just this is what I need you to do. This is what I charge 
for the Christians to do. This is what I charge for Timothy to go on and do. Preach the word. Now, um, the charge has seven things in it in verse number two, as we can see. He says, preach the word. A herald declaring the word of a king. Stick to the book. Stick to the Bible. We can get off and, you know, many people like to rant. I like to rant all the time. And, um, but when we get to a preaching where it's just rants and our opinions and our thoughts and our emotions and our feelings about something, our beliefs about something, uh, that's not what Paul is trying to tell us to do because our beliefs don't matter. Our thoughts don't matter. Our opinion doesn't matter. It's the word of God that he's telling the preachers of the word of God and the Christians of the, uh, uh, of, uh, the Lord to do is to preach the word of God. Stick to the Bible. Stick to the book. The second part of the charge is we see is be instant in season, out of season. Be ready and be urgent. Be ready and be urgent. I, I, I always notice this um, when it comes to Paul. It's his urgency. Uh, like he has no time. Like there's no time left to waste. There's no time left. Christ is coming soon. I gotta preach the word before he comes back and before it's eternally too late for all the lost people of the world. I gotta go and I gotta preach. And he's given us this charge to go out and to preach and to be urgent about the word of God and to be urgent about the lost souls who are on their way to hell. Be urgent about a lost and dying world who are blinded by their own sin, blinded by their own lusts, blinded by their flesh. Go and be urgent and preach the word of God. Be ready and be urgent. Uh, last week after the morning service was concluded, uh, I had a good discussion with a few of our uh, uh, men of our church, and we were discussing uh, the end times. We were having a good talk about that, talking about um, end time prophecies or when the Lord is going to come back, all this kind of stuff. And um, one statement was made during that conversation that, well, they've been preaching on the end times for 2,000 years. And uh, I guess you can look in the scripture and say that's true. Right when Jesus Christ uh, died and was buried and rose again and ascended up to heaven, at that very moment, Paul was preaching, Christ is coming back. At that, read the book of Thessalonians. Read the book of Revelation with John. Uh, Christ ascended up to heaven and instantly, this didn't take 200 years, this was an instant thing. Right when he ascended up into heaven, the preaching of his return was immediate. They're preaching. They have the urgency. He's come, he can come back anytime, any minute. And in the Bible, uh, in Revelation, it says, surely I come quickly, right? We don't know what that means. We don't know how quick um, that means for the Lord because his time is very different than our time. Um, to us, quickly could be 5,000 years. But for the Lord, that was nothing, okay? So for him, it is quick. For us, it's a long time. But we've been having this end time preaching for thousands of years, literally thousands of years, Um and, you know, every time they preach it, the urgency is there. They are urgent, and they are ready, and they are prepared to preach the gospel. Uh, why is there an urgency? Because Christ is coming back. Now, Paul's time, we can look at Paul's time and say, okay, well, Christ just ascended up into heaven, so maybe it's a different time, maybe it's a different thing. Uh, but then you look in our generation, and you see how things are going. You see the corruption, even just in America alone as an illustration. I know America is far better than many, many cultures and, and, and uh, um, countries 
uh, in the world. We are far more advanced than many. We are far more godly, if I can even use that word, than many. Um, like, you know, but we are to compare ourselves, first of all, to God, not to other countries. We are to compare our lives to Jesus, not to other people. But um, America itself, so much corruption and so much sin. And they promote sin. They endorse sin. Uh, they, they, they encourage it amongst the citizens of this country. They promote abortion, which is dead wrong in the sight of God. They promote homosexuality, which is an abomination in the eyes of the Lord. They promote these things. They lift them up. They puff it up. And they say, this is the way to live. Even if it's only two people in all the country that believe this, this is the way to live. And it's a godless society, which we are in today. Um, so yes, there should be Christians to be ready. There should be Christians to be urgent. We ought to preach the word of God, not our own thoughts and our own opinions, because that will fail. But the word of God never will fail. So stick to the book. Be ready and be urgent, as he says. Be instant and be out of be instant in season and out of season. Then he uses the word reprove. Reprove is uh, another word for conviction. Sin must be pointed out. It's not popular, but it's right. It's not popular to say abortion is wrong, but it's right. It's not popular to say homosexuality is a sin, but it's right to point that out. It's not popular to point out all these sins in the world, to point out all these uh, immoralities and all these uh, fleshly desires. It's not popular to point them out because no one wants to come to church and feel uh, uh, like I'm being torn apart and being picked apart at. But that is what is right to preach. We are ought to preach sin. We are to preach uh, why did Jesus Christ come to the cross? Why did he go on that cross? Because our sin is a very serious thing in the eyes of a holy and righteous God. It is a very serious thing. And when we sin, it is a very, very big deal. And preachers of the word of God and Christians of the word of God, we ought to reprove. We ought to preach and point out those sins. Then there's a word that he uses, rebuke. It's a warning. Rebuke, a warning. Um, men need to know the the men need to know sin's outcome. Once again, it's not popular, but it's right. They need to know the outcome of their sin. If you drink alcohol and you are an alcoholic, they you need to understand. And it's a kind thing for someone to say, "Hey, stop drinking that beer. Stop drinking that alcohol because you're going to get liver cancer." It's a warning. Okay, stop drinking it. You're going to get sick. Stop smoking those cigarettes. You're going to get lung cancer. Quit smoking. That's me out of love saying stop smoking. Out of love, I am rebuking your sin. I am warning you of what's going to happen if you continue in that sin. Uh, so reprove is pointing out sin and rebuke is uh, letting you know the outcome of sin. And then he uses the word exhort. Exhort. Encouragement and pointing out a biblical solution. So Christians are ought to exhort as well. We ought to encourage one another. And yes, we ought to kind of tear down, and it's like a tear down and build up type of thing here. We're tearing you, uh, we're, we're preaching on that sin, change this in your life. You got to take out that nonsense, that sin, take all that sin out, and then 
here's a biblical solution. This is what you to uh, this is what you are to replace this with. Okay, uh, replace smoking cigarettes with you know um, lollipops. Okay, um, I don't know, but we are, ought to exhort. We ought to encourage, amen? We ought to point out a biblical solution for our sin problem. And our biblical solution, by the way, is Jesus Christ. Once you have him in your life, hey, you have the power to say no to these certain things. Because Christ empowers you. Christ strengthens you. And Christ gives you that victory of those things which are in your life. That they have complete stronghold over you. Christ gives you the victory. He uses the word long-suffering, which means patience. People may not respond immediately, <clears throat> but keep preaching. People may not respond immediately to what you are saying, but keep preaching. I think of the greatest illustration to this is Noah. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. He didn't just build an ark and mine himself for um, 125 years. While he was working on the ark, while he was building an ark, he was preaching the righteousness and the holiness of God. Not one convert, okay? Not one person came to the Lord. Not one person repented of their sin. Not one person saw their need for a savior. Not one person saw what Noah was saying and said, I like that. I'm going to do what he's doing. Everyone looked at him. They scoffed at him. They made fun of him. It was a very rough time, of course. But Noah was long-suffering. He preached and he preached and he preached. Don't be so fixated and so focused on the numbers of how many people your ministry is bringing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Be focused on just preaching and being faithful to the Word of God and being faithful to the Lord and being faithful to preaching His Holy Word. Be long-suffering. Be patient. You preach the Word of God no matter what's going on. You preach the Word of God no matter who is responding to it. Remember, we are in a generation where they'll turn their ears away from truth. So you preaching the truth will turn a whole lot of people off. They're not going to want to hear the truth of the Lord but we ought to be long-suffering and preach it anyways. Then lastly, we see here doctrine. Doctrine. I use the word feeding here. We ought to feed. All real preaching is explanation and application of Bible doctrine. People simply need to be taught. They need to be taught the Word of God. And um, they don't need to be taught your opinions. They don't need to be taught your tradition. They don't need to be taught what your experiences are. They need to be taught the Word of God. And that's what we need to stick to, is the Holy Word of God. So once again, the charge includes the, um, the, to preach the Word, to be ready and urgent, to reprove, to rebuke, to exhort, to be long-suffering, and to teach doctrine. I also want to notice here real quick this morning, I won't be too much longer, I sure hope everyone is comfortable this morning uh, on your couch drinking hot cocoa and uh, just having a great time. Um, but I want to hit upon this real quick this morning. Um, I want to look at the ch a challenge to God's message. A challenge 
to God's message. People think, okay, this is just easy. We just have to go out and preach the word of God. But there is a challenge to it. Because this world, like we were saying, have turned their ears away from the truth. They don't want to hear the word of God anymore. They actually refuse God's word. They even gather their own teachers, as it says here in verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. They won't put up with our preaching anymore. But after their own lusts, they will uh, shall they heap themselves, gather themselves teachers, okay? So they are gathering their own selves teachers. These are lost people, okay? Gathering their own teachers. This is where Joel Osteen becomes a preacher. They're gathering, these lost sheep are gathering a teacher. Okay, help me feel better about myself. Give me a good motivational speech. Give me words of encouragement. Tell me how good I am. Tell me how handsome I am. Tell me how muscular I am. Tell me how godly I am. Tell me how, how, how wonderful I am doing. That's what they are trying to do. The word of God will teach you the opposite. The Bible says there is none good. There is none good. All have sinned. None seeketh after God. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says there is none good, no, not one. The Bible says for all have sinned. So instead of preaching something of the truth of saying, I'm not going to tell you how good you are. I'm going to tell you how good God is and how bad we are. The teaching today in our generation is simply how good we are, and how good God is. But they put us on the same level. They don't preach the cross. They don't preach Jesus Christ being persecuted and crucified. They don't teach him going to that cross for our sins. All they teach about is what God will do for your life, how prosperity, uh, how, how prosperous our life will be, how wealthy we will become about, about being a Christian, how a life will be so much easier being saved than unsaved. Let me tell you, it's not easier to be saved than being unsaved. It's not easier living in this world being contradictory to the way of society than it uh, will be just going on with the flow and mingling with everybody else. To stand out like a sore thumb, that's difficult. To be a city on a hill that cannot be hid is difficult. To be the salt of the earth is a very difficult thing. And, Je and Jesus Christ himself tells us that we will face persecution. That doesn't sound so nice. That doesn't sound so pleasant. But that is the truth of the word of God. And the reason that we are willing to endure that persecution and to endure these tough times is because we know what the truth will do. And we know that we do not want people to die and go to a devil's hell for an eternity. So we are going to preach the word of God. Whether they like it or not, we're going to preach the truth. There will be some to come out of that group and get saved. I believe there is some very sincere Christians in Joel Osteen's church that are searching for the truth, but they're just under this uh, heresy of his preaching. Many young Christians go on the, the internet to look up preaching, and sometimes they come across a very popular pastor who is a heretic, who is a liar, who is teaching a prosperity gospel, who is preaching, like Paul says, another Jesus. And, and they dive into this, and they get confused, and they have no salt in their life. I believe there is some, some sincere Christians in these movements, but that's why we need to continue to stay faithful in preaching the truth of the word of God. And maybe God will draw them out of that and show them that, hey, you are under um, this lie. But you notice that they are gathering teachers. This is what they are doing in our society 
today. They have wrong desires. They do not want the truth. They want they 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 they, they get what they want instead of what they need. That is their desires. And these, very simply, these days are our days. Notice that Paul is preaching this to Timothy, which makes me believe there is already some churches like this in their day and age. Um, I believe Paul has already heard a lot of false teaching. I believe Paul has heard a lot of uh, churches rising up that's preaching another Jesus. This is 2,000 years ago, by the way. And they're already preaching a false gospel. But this is 2,000 years ago, man. This is a long time ago. Now we look at our days. People are more religious than ever in our generation. More religious than ever. But they do not know Jesus. And that is the entire problem. They are religious. They go by tradition. They go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. They wear their suit and ties. They uh, say, I love an old-time religion. It's good enough for me. It's not good enough for me. The old-time religion is not good enough for me. Give me Jesus. That is all that satisfies. That is what's good for me. Not religion. Get away with that religious system and come to Christ. Come to know Jesus for who he is, for what he teaches, for his holiness, and for his righteousness. That's what we need to get back to, is the teaching of Jesus Christ. I want to notice this here in 2 Timothy, a chapter prior to this one. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter number 3, verses 1 through 7. And this is the proof that we are more religious than ever, but we do not know Jesus. Uh, let me read these seven verses to you. If you want to turn there, go ahead. In 2 Timothy chapter number 3. Beginning in verse number 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, religion, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For of this sort they, excuse me, for of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Okay, it's just like a religious system. I have a form of godliness, but I don't know who God is. I deny his truths, I deny his teachings. Titus 1.16 says, they profess to know God. Paul is dropping off Titus to this island to preach the gospel of Christ at this island. Titus is one of the young uh, teachers under the apostle Paul. And Paul was telling Titus at the island of Crete, hey, go and preach the word of God. But just so you know, just so you know, Titus, many profess to be saved. Many profess to know God. But in work, they are reprobate. In works, they are abomination unto God. That doesn't sound like a Christian to me. That sounds like a religious system 
to me. And religious systems will never bring you closer to the Lord. The only thing that will bring you closer to the Lord is the Lord. It's reading His Word. It's praying to Him. It's learning more about Him and accepting His teachings, accepting the truth, rather than turning away from the truth. To listen to some silly stories from silly people who call themselves preachers. That is silly. That is ridiculous. We ought to turn to the truth, turn to Christ, and that is it. We're more religious in our generation now than we've ever been before, and we need to turn away from that nonsense and just learn and know Jesus, who he is. We see the, the challenge to God's message. This is a challenge for today of preaching God's message, is that it's not a popular message. It's not a message that everybody wants to hear. Not everyone, everyone wants to endure our sound doctrine the Bible produces. They want to have their own path, the new way, the new Jesus, everything new, everything different. We need to stick to the old path, church. That's what we must do. I want to look at this really quickly. They have a, a, consci a conscious choice of turning away from God's word. This is our generation. As it says in verse number four, they shall turn away their ears from the truth, which is implying that they know the truth. They know what is right, but they are turning themselves away from it because I don't want to endure that anymore. I don't want someone to tell me how bad I am. I don't want someone to tell me I need a savior. I don't want someone to preach the truth to me. So I'm going to make a conscious decision and turn away from that. And they also give it a faulty replacement, a faulty replacement, which is they and they turn and they shall be turned unto fables. Okay, nothing can save but Jesus. Nothing can save but Jesus. No religious system can save you. No other Jesus can save you. Only the God of the Bible can uh, accomplish that miracle in our lives by saving us, by reaching down with his wonderful grace and saving us. Only Jesus can save. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That is a very clear scripture. Many people, um, uh, evangelists or old-time preachers that do these rallies or these um, crusades, uh, that, that's what I'm looking for. They'll preach, and they start off preaching the Jesus of the Bible. As they grow older, many people can say, well, they're still preaching Jesus. They're still, they're still, they're still saying the word of Jesus when they preach. They're still preaching Jesus. They can't be that bad. Well, they're not preaching the Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible anymore. They've transferred from the Jesus of the Bible to the Jesus of America, a Jesus who does not save, a Jesus who has not been persecuted, a Jesus who did not die on the cross, for our sins. A Jesus who does not have the power to save. We need to stick to the word of God, the God of the Bible, the, the salvation that only Jesus Christ can give. The gospel still works and the blood still saves. Let us stay committed to the wondrous work of our Lord Jesus. Don't forget the charge. Don't forget what he is saying here to Timothy. The urgency is so strong. And Christian, we must be urgent. We don't know how much time we have. We really don't. And I know we've been saying this for 2,000 years, but we don't know how much time we have. And we can see when we look around the world today how in 
chaos it is, how in disarray it is. Um, people have turned left and right from the truth of the Word of God to do their own thing, to please themselves rather than to please God. No one anymore is denying themselves. No one is picking up their cross and following God. We need Christians to do the old path, to stick to what is the old path, the right path, God's path. We need to stick to the truth of the Word of God. Apply it into our lives. Not just learn it, but then apply it. Learning is very good and very important, but learning without application is useless. We need to learn and then apply. Okay, These people, they've heard the truth. They know the truth, but they turn their ears from the truth. And they want teachers having itching ears. They want teachers to scratch that itch, to feed their flesh. We know the truth. Now what are we going to do with it? We know what Jesus Christ has done. Now what are we going to do? Are we going to apply these truths? Are we going to improve our lives by t eliminating the things in our life that are uh, have a stronghold on it, that are an addiction, that are a problem, that are holding us back? Are we going to eliminate these things and incorporate Christ in our life? Or are we just going to continue down the same path, which is not the old path, but the same path that we've been going down for so long just because it feels good. It feels like we are living our lives and we're just uh, feeding ourselves, feeding our pleasure, feeding our flesh, feeding our lusts. We need to turn away from that. We need to turn away our ears from the fables and turn our ears back to the truth. This is a charge that Paul gave before God to the men of God, to the women of God, to stand for righteousness' sake, to stand for the Bible, to stand for the truths. And um, we need to get back to the old paths, amen? We need to get back to the scriptures, back to the good old King James Bible, back to the Word of God, back to the Jesus of the Bible. That's what we need to do greatly. Before we close this morning, um, it's good to see everyone. It's good to see Brother Jim. Thank you for tuning in this morning, Brother Jim Whalen and Brother Richard Tudor. Man, it's good to see you, brother. It's been a long time. And yes, sir. And uh, But amen. And so uh, 13 people watching. That's awesome. And um, Eddie Glade says, nice to be saved and a Christian. Amen. That is true. It is wonderful to be saved. And praise the Lord, we are saved. Uh, now let's put our salvation in action. Amen. And, uh, but that's all I have for today. I don't know how long I preached for. I don't have a timer in front of me. Uh, but it's 11.30. I think we started at 10.30. So um, I thought it was going to be about five minutes this morning. But uh, those things happen. Amen. But once again, it's good to see you all today. And thank you once again for tuning in. We appreciate it. And uh, I'm not sure the schedule for the rest of the week. Um, if there will be a Wednesday night live stream from the same place, I'll let you know. Um, but more than likely, we'll see you next Sunday. Um, we'll keep you posted via email or Facebook uh, what we're going to be doing next Sunday. But thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching. We appreciate you. Uh, Pam Jones, thank you for watching and uh, for a great message. Well, the Bible is a great message. And praise the Lord for the Bible. Um, and this is basically, I'm just, I'm just copying Paul's sermon, amen. Uh, that's, that's what the best preaching is. You just preach but that's what someone else preached. We preached the great um, what, um, the Sermon on the Mount. Many preachers preach that sermon. So, uh, so amen. But that's all I have for today. And um, God bless you. 
We love you. And uh, I don't see any prayer requests down here. So um, if you do have any prayer requests, it's not too late to comment a prayer request. And um, but we're going to close in word of prayer. Then we're going to end this live stream. And uh, we will see you when we see you. And uh, so God bless y'all. And uh, let's pray and we'll be done today. Lord, I want to thank you once again for your truth. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the, the righteousness and the holiness that your word contains, Lord. And I pray, God, that many Christians will hear the truth. Lord, apply themselves to that truth, Lord, and conform to that truth, Lord. Lord, how we need victory right now in this world. How many Christians have already fell by the wayside? How many Christians have already turned their ears into fables, Lord? I pray, God, that we'll know the truth, hear the truth from your, from your word, Lord, and apply it to our lives, accept it into our lives, Lord. How good it is, how sweet it is to walk with you. How wonderful it is to have the truth of the word of God in our lives. Lord, I pray that you give us victory. I pray that you help us every step of the way. Help us to conquer sin. Help us to conquer the strongholds in our life. Lord, we cannot do it without you. Without you, it's impossible to please you. Without faith, it's impossible to please you, Lord. But we also know that with you, all things are possible. And we want to have victory in this world, Lord. We want to be a testimony, be a light. And God, we love you. And I thank you so much for all that you do. Bless the rest of our day. Pray for our church family, Lord. I pray that they'll stay safe and stay healthy. And Lord, I pray that they'll have a wonderful time uh, this afternoon and this week, Lord. And bring us back uh, to church someday soon, Lord. And uh, that we can fellowship once again together. We love you, Lord, and we pray. Amen.